Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, very good Saturday morning to you. It's New York Vinny here with Drive Time Radio. Right here on uh, the beautiful sound of 1150 KKNW. You know, we ought to do just a beautiful music show some morning. Just a, like uh, many years ago, I worked at a, uh, a music station, KABL in San Francisco. And they were a beautiful music station. So, you know, the only, only thing they played was Montavani and, you, you know, just all, this, all of those instrumentals of rock and roll songs. Like if you were in an elevator and you heard um, My Life by uh, Billy Joel, but it was all instrumental, you were listening to our station. And they started to modernize it a little bit with uh, with uh, some light rock at some point, but it was still the elevator music station. <laughs> you had to talk like that. So I don't know, maybe could I find an hour's worth of instrumental car songs? Light rock songs? I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to see if we could figure that one out. That would be so. That's a Thanksgiving or a Christmas show right there. Nathan and I would have to noodle for um, days on end. Well, welcome to our little uh, soiree here that we do every Saturday morning between 8 and 9. It's Drive Time Radio. We talk about cars. We talk about life. I mean, you know, we talk about a little bit of everything here because it's me and I can't stay on one topic for too long. Uh, You know, the my mind wanders and drifts, but it never drifts into, I think, boring things, so we'll uh, go with that. Let's uh, let's bring in my good friend, my uh, partner here in the show, and my compadre, Nathan. Nathan, the producer, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Vinny. Doing well. I hope I didn't come to you too early, but I wanted to make sure that we had enough time to talk about uh, a couple of things. Uh, we'll get to the car in a second, but hey, how about those Mariners? Oh, man, they are getting as close to the playoffs as they have in 20 years. And I thought they were really close last year, but this year they are actually, as we speak, in the playoffs if they can hold it. Yeah, but what, I mean, they've won one out of their last, what is it, seven games now? Oh, man, their last 10 games record is not looking good. I'm pulling that up right now. Yeah, I mean, it's really... uh, and listen, I'm all for. I mean, I'm I'm hoping, man. I mean, I, you know, this team looked uh, three weeks ago like it was a World Series team, uh, you know. And all of a sudden, guys with so young awards can't win a game, and guys that you depend on to be your middle of the rotation starters can't start. Uh, your star player is injured. Exactly, and we're three and seven in our last ten games, and the team we're concerned about right now, Baltimore, which is the one that's trying to make a push into the wild card, they've creeped up from five games to three games over the yeah. past maybe eight or ten games. I mean, it's a slow catch up, but you know the pace is looking in Baltimore's favor right now, and it's a little bit concerning. Well, yeah, they don't. They certainly don't have uh, the Mariners right now. Their momentum is is stopped dead. All the momentum they had from the entire year, and I know how these things work. Guys start worrying. Well, are we ever going to win? Is this going to be a, a this or that, a collapse or the? And you know they have to fight hard in the clubhouse. I mean, I still ultimately believe that they'll make it. I really believe that they'll you know get through this. Uh, Last couple of games, get back home, and things will be better. But, wow, uh, just to get to get beat like they've been getting beat. Uh, you know, you, you go to Oakland and you have, you know, a mediocre pitching staff at best, and you score, what, it, what a one, two, and one or something like that. I mean, it was a ridiculously low number uh, of runs that they scored. And... Um, you know, listen, it's, it's going to bring out the people that have always said that instead of, you know, going for a pitcher at the trade deadline, although I would have never left that guy on the shelf, um, uh, Castillo, uh, you know, that maybe they should have looked for a hitter. Maybe a hitter is really what they needed. Maybe they needed to make that deal at San Diego made. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it, it'll be great hot stove uh, talk 
but boy, what an emotional, uh, uh, emotional thing it'll be for this city if you have the Mariners not in the playoffs and the Seahawks looking like um, <laughs> uh, looking like crap. Uh, you know, every I mean, it, it's just it's amazing how much sports ties into the mentality of the town. So. Uh, well, while I got you, Nathan, you want to ask me a question? Oh, I wasn't ready for that. This one's really coming in early, isn't it? Oh, hold yeah, on one second. Here we go. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? I figured we'd get Nathan up uh, ahead of the show, in the show uh, early this morning because we have so much going on. Um, what am I driving this week? I'm driving uh, the American version of the people's electric car does that make sense it will in a second i'm driving the chevy bolt e u v now you're probably all familiar with the chevy bolt um the electric little chevy car it's not so little it's a comp this one they've extended the body out and everything and and uh, made it a suv but they don't call it an suv they call it a uh, EUV, electric utility vehicle. And I'm going to tell you that uh, for, a, for a lower priced, lower end electric car, for a car that's attainable to many people, as opposed to the BMW I was driving last week, that's $77,000. And it's a great car, don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic car, one of the best cars I've driven all year, the i4 M M50, but, you know, if you have a family, if you've got to haul things around, if you're a garage sale person, if you're one of those people that need to have space in their car, if you are American, because right now Americans are in love with uh, SUVs, uh, CUVs, you call them uh, UVs what you want to, uh, but their love affair with uh, square vehicles continues. I like to call them station wagons, but, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, this car checks off a lot of the boxes for the average person that wants to buy an electric car. It has range. Right now, the range is at 270 miles, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, but with the capability of increasing the range at some point, uh, you know, by an electronic update. Uh, it is comfortable at top line, uh, which I'm driving. I'm driving a Premier with uh, um, Super Cruise. Uh, it is... A comfortable, roomy, flat-floored success of a car. It motors along the highway at you know seventy miles an hour. Uh, with it's it, the visibility in the car is good. The materials that they use in the car at that level, uh, the leather upholstery, the patterns in the upholstery, and everything. It it's just a a good-looking, sharp car. Uh, I know they had some trouble with them a few months ago. They were telling you not to park them in the house uh, or near the house because they were catching on fire. A few of them did. Chevy says that they have found it and corrected the problem. As a matter of fact, my Chevy comes with a sticker on the windshield that says that the problem has been corrected, uh, that it's been uh, repaired by Chevy and they know what it is and there was something heating up and, and they've got it. So this car, I think it, it's about 220 horsepower, um, it, you know, in your traditional horsepower, really hits the mark on a people's car. I mean, right now I would say the top SU, uh, uh, electric vehicle that the average person would go out and buy would be the Volkswagen ID4. That, in, in, in cars that I've driven, that's the one, that's the, the babe, that's the car. That's the, uh, if you want to get into electrics, that's where I'm telling you to go right now. But 
I'm also telling you that don't pass the um, uh, the the Bolt SUV or EUV buy as well. Make sure you're looking at that one as well because it has so many good characteristics about it. I took it on the uh, Joe Ricci Memorial test course uh, last night, which goes through a, a, a bunch of different parameters. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you have speed, you have urban driving, you have local driving, you have uh, mountain driving, you have a little bit of everything. And it was, uh, it performed spectacularly. It was comfortable, it was quiet. Uh, everything in uh, it was it's an attractive car it may be a little small it may be a little boxy uh, compared to if you're gonna go out and buy a you know electric Silverado or something like that but if this is what we're seeing in the infancy of this electric car revolution that we're going through if this is the effort that we're seeing now I can't wait to see what's on the road five years from now uh, from manufacturers like VinFast and uh, the Chevy Blazer and all of the Ford products that are coming down the line. Now, I'm, I'm stacked up with three electric cars in a row because I wanted to learn a little bit more about the electric car lifestyle. And you can't do it in a week. Uh, you can, you know, I mean, you get a taste of it in a week. But to really know... To really have a, a sense of what that entails, you have to do it for a couple of weeks. So I had the BMW last week and the Chevy uh, this week, and next week I have the Genesis electric car coming, which is supposed to be an off-the-charts uh, luxury car. I ha- Every Genesis I've driven so far has been spectacular. I haven't driven a bad Genesis uh, at all, so sorry, I gotta wet my whistle here a little bit. Um, so, and what that entails is making sure that the car is charged, going to different charging stations, uh, picking up electricity where you can. Like uh, yesterday, last night, I went by Whole Foods. I didn't go inside and get something. So instead of parking in a regular parking space. I parked the car in the electric. They have charges there. Parked it in the electric parking space. Plugged in, went to the store, did my shopping, came out, and I had, you know, 25% more ba- more battery in the car. And it's, it's, it's really getting yourself used to realizing that you have to, you, you should do things, plan them out a little bit better. It's knowing where electric charges are. There's plenty of them out there. There's a ton of them out there. And it's knowing how to use the equipment to see what's, what type of charger is out there. What um, is it, you know, occupied? How long is Because you can see all of that stuff on the different apps from ChargePoint and uh, uh, the different uh, EVgo and all of those different uh, companies that do this so uh, it's an immersive type thing that i'm doing but i really thought that uh, to to understand these cars a little bit more and to get really a feel of what the ownership portion of this feels like um and the fact that i don't know i can get anybody to give me a um an electric car for six months or a year to play with uh, you know, it, it's this is about as close as we're going to come right now, but I'll be able to, at the end of this, uh, you know, probably write a little uh, pamphlet, maybe not a book, but a pamphlet on electric cars. And again, I know there's a lot of people that listen to this show that jump on me for uh, liking electric cars. But uh, listen, it's the future. I mean, I love the sound of uh, a, a V8 engine revving and, and clacking away and lifters and valves and everything. I love that as much as the next person, maybe even more. But I'm also somebody that realizes what the future is, what we're looking at 
uh, in problems for the planet, what we're looking at in mobility issues, what we're looking at in many different um, pieces of what we, uh, you know, of, of what this uh, planet goes through, what the environment goes through. And I know that you're going to make an argument that, well, you know, how are we going to get all the electricity, this, that, the other thing. I just trust that <clears throat> the only problem with the, the electric cars, really, not the only problem, but one of the problems is I just don't think that they were planned for properly. I mean, all of a sudden, everybody got rushed into this, so you didn't have time to lay the infrastructure out. But you know what? When they built gasoline cars, there was no gas stations. You used to have to go to the hardware store and get gasoline in the hardware store. It was a cleaning fluid. You'd have to buy it in the hardware store, take it outside, and put it in your car. Till finally one guy in Pittsburgh said, you know what? I got a better idea. We could put a whole lot of gasoline in the ground, get a pump, stick it on top, put a sign up, and give away dishes. And we'll, and we'll have something here. Maybe even get people in spiffy uniforms to go out there. And I think that that'll happen with electric cars as well. Because I think the electric car buyer is, at least initially, the first number of years, going to be that higher-end person who wants service. Who want, They don't want to do self-serve. They want service. They want their windshields cleaned. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think, I, I don't know, you know, a bold prediction here that uh, service is going to come back in vogue in in electric stations. You'll see people in, like, white uniforms with electric bolts on the back of them, you know, plugging your car in, vacuuming your car and cleaning the, uh, cleaning the windshield in the back uh, window and while you sit inside and grab a cup of coffee. Checking the air in your tires, because air in your tires is going to be very important for mileage. So every one of these places is going to have to have um, either a way to check your tires, a way to fill your tires, or a way to, um, you know, at the very least, check your air pressure. A lot of these cars, of course, now have the air pressure um, gauge in it. It'll tell you what the pressure is. But... I mean that's two things. If you it, it, that 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 I I would see happening, and that would be, of course, the electric charging stations, and that they would have to put make attended electric charging stations. Matter of fact, I don't know in a lot of ways why they don't have that now. I guess they can't get people to work at McDonald's. How are you going to get people to work at an electric charging station? But anyway, so it's it's an immersive thing that that I'm doing. And we'll see how it turns out. So far, so good. Uh, a couple of times I've gone to Chargers, and they were either occupied when they said they weren't, or we've had, uh, last night I was in Bellingham and took the car to a uh, Whole Foods to plug it in and charge it there before I made the trip back. And um, I want to three different charging stations and none of them worked. And the more I talked to other EV owners at these um, charging stations, I pulled up to the one in, in Burlington last night and there were three Chevy Bolts <laughs> lined up in a row. But the more I talked to electric car owners, uh, the more I realized that that's the thing that they got to fix. They got to get these charging stations so that people, consumers, can drive up to it, plug in with no problem, charge your car up, and go. It's got to be as simple as going to a gas station. And that's why I think that the attendants at some point are going to are gonna be something that these companies that own these charges will consider, along with air pumps, because you got to inflate the tires to the right pressure. They have to be kept inflated to the right pressure if you want to get the maximum mileage and safety out of your car. Really, that's just not for EVs. That's for every car. But... Uh,
in these days of of this transition, this tra- this this move over, I think that air and tires is something that uh, not enough people are paying attention to. I think there's an, I, one thing I do think is that there is an anxiety among electric car owners to pull into a gas station. I think maybe they saw that uh, that commercial that uh, who was it Hyundai was running, I guess, uh, where the, the guy wants to use the squeegee and uh, the guy says, no squeegee, no gas. And I think that there's a little bit of that kind of anxiety for electric car owners um, around putting air and uh, air and tires and going into a gas station and asking for something. I had it last night. Uh, my friend who was with me said, well, why don't you pull into that gas station and see if they have a charging station? I said, no, I have the app. But there was like, I don't want to pull into a gas station with an electric car if I can help. Maybe that's just me and my psychosis. But it's certainly something that uh, you think about. So we'll keep you updated on how the experiment goes and how the electric car is doing. But so far, between the two that I've driven, so far the luxury sports car and the family sedan, uh, the family uh, hatchback, uh, I would say it's a success. It's uh, I haven't gotten stuck anywhere. I haven't gotten any kind of problems except not from the car, but from the charging station. And one more thing before we uh, take a break here. One of the things that uh, is really interesting to me and that I love is uh, the Bolt has it one-pedal driving. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in the uh, in the Bolt, they have you can switch it into uh, one-pedal driving mode, and you do that. And when you press on the gas, it goes. When you take your foot off the gas, the car brakes, and you slow down and you come to a stop in a nice easy motion. And I, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like the one-pedal deal. Now, of course, I don't think you would have that, you know, alone. I think you'd always have the two pedals in the car. But on a long trip, or in traffic especially, it really helps out. Uh, it, it, it's really a lot of uh, fun. And I was going to tell you also about the Super Cruise in the car. But we're gonna—I'm gonna play with that a little bit more. This car has uh, GM's Super Cruise, which is um, a semi-autonomous driving system uh, that you can use on the highway. And I'm gonna play with it a little bit more. I get a chance to use it that much. Uh, I, you know, I want to go out really tomorrow morning and use it where it's not. Uh, there's not a lot of cars on the road because. I'm not familiar with it, and I like to uh, be safe. And apparently it doesn't work off of the interstates. Uh, if you're on, um, you know, Mountain Loop Highway or you're on 99 or something like that, it won't work. I mean, eventually I guess it will, but right now they're limited, limiting it, I believe, to uh, interstate highways. So... We'll see how that works. Okay, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We got the cartoon for you. And, um, oh, a honking deal, too. I got a honking deal coming up for you. A honking deal. Right here on Drive Time Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, again. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giants. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked it to run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or ten. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy, 
We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious because no one knows what they're doing half the time you don't know what this guy's going to do with that one on a track there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety and uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway I don't have the urge to to speed on the highway people say racing is dangerous but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might say might be mine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York, Vinny hanging with you. You know... <laughs> Nathan, you're very perceptive because you just played a little Johnny Cash there, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Willie Nelson, uh, two guys that were great friends in their uh, in their day. Willie, of course, still with us. Johnny left us many years ago, uh, but of course his music uh, lives on. And, and you know, I love talking about things about music, uh, but I told you I had a screaming deal for you, right? <clears throat> and I really believe that this is um, a very unique opportunity. Uh, I, I belong to several groups on Facebook that look at old cars and different uh, celebrity cars and so on and so forth. And this piece came up in uh, one of the groups that I belong in. How would you like to own Willie Nelson's tour bus? <laughs> I mean, if you're a Willie Nelson fan... This darn thing is maybe the ultimate collectible of Willie's. I mean, just on the, on the spliff smoked in this thing alone, uh, you know, you could probably pick up seeds from the floor in this thing and get the money back, but it is Willie Nelson's Honeysuckle Rose 2 which is his tour bus. It's a 1990 Eagle Model 15. It's got a uh, 6V92 Detroit, a ZF automatic transmission. It runs, it drives, and it has a clean title. It has a 15-kilowatt generator. Uh, has six tires in a like-new condition. Um, there's a soft spot in the back of, of the uh bus somewhere because they left one of the vents open in the bus uh he this guy who owns it who's in uh i don't know near uh hershey pennsylvania uh he has kept it in sight he used the bus to take the family camping a few times and drove it to a willie nelson concert in hershey that must have been interesting when two tour buses show up which one do I let in? Hang on, I got to call somebody. <laughs> and uh, this guy put several pictures up here on this, this Craigslist ad. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's a it's a beautiful looking vehicle. I mean, some of the paint that's on like the back of this thing with, um, I guess it's the highwayman on horses in the back. Looks really cool. The bus looks, well, it looks like you'd expect a 1990 <clears throat> bus to look. Um, and he's got a picture of uh, Willie standing in front of the bus. Several pictures of the bus, and it's really tastefully done. It's not gaudy. He just has some great paintings on the side, and I believe in one spot here, he has... A picture of um, him with the, the family, his family standing in front of the bus. But if you have a spare forty-five grand, although this ad has been up for a while, so I'm thinking this guy would take less uh, than the forty-five grand. And you want something uh, that 
the next time you go to a Kenny Chesney concert, you bring this thing along with you, and somebody is going to say something to you. You roll out the party, and you see what, you know, the trick here is you just have to have a friend or somebody that looks like Willie Nelson suit up and hang out around the bus. (laughs) See how many autographs he could sign (laughs) before before people would figure out that it's not Willie Nelson. That would be your your key right there. But I'll put uh, pictures of this and a link to it up on our Facebook page. And uh, you'll be able to see that. And who knows? Maybe there's somebody in this audience that will call us next week and say, guess what, Vinny? I bought Willie Nelson's tour bus, and you directed me to it. And let me tell you something. When I can can match people up with cars, you know, that that show, uh, uh, The Car Matchmaker, was it Spike Fairston from the from the uh, Seinfeld show, was doing it. And he called himself Car Matchmaker. Well, I got a lot of pleasure out of watching that. I love seeing people get into the car that they want, uh, the car that they deserve. Uh, You know, in all different price ranges. From, uh, you know, the librarian that needs a, a Hyundai to uh, Nathan, who we have to put in a you know a brand new Mustang, or a, a souped up Mazda Speed Three or something like that. Nathan, what is your dream car? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, something I need to think about. Oh, okay. um, currently you. at the right now, it's I've been really keeping my eyes on a Hyundai Elantra N. Uh, and that's your, like if you had all the money, you could go out and buy any car. I mean, you just like right now, the car I, I wouldn't say maybe dream car, but just off the top of my head, the car that I most want. As far right. as a dream car, ooh, that's a good question. All right, we'll think about it. We, we, we won't pressure you for an answer. Uh, but sometime in the next three weeks, we'll ask, I'll ask you the question again. <laughs> uh, I, boy, you know, I, you know, I, I hope that God keeps me alive long enough to drive the electric Corvette because that looks like a, a, that's going to be an animal. That's going to be a car you're going to want to drive. And um, I I'm, I hope, I mean, it's two, three years down the road, and I hope that I'm around to drive it because uh, it looks like it'll be a blast. I don't know if it's my dream car, but looking at that electric Corvette, man, just, you know, wet my appetite for for the uh, the car and the ride and everything else, but all right, let's do our cartoon. We do a cartoon every week, a Saturday morning cartoon, because uh, we truly believe here at Drive Time Radio and Golden V Media that music is the spice of life. And what would music be if, uh, or what would, would driving be if you didn't have a radio in the car? Think about that for a second. Uh, you know, no radio in the car, no songs to sing along to. Oh. It would be it would be a disaster. You'd, you'd know nothing. You'd be you'd feel like you were just cocooned inside your car. So we bring in a tune because cars and music go together so well. That's every week that is written about or has something to do with cars. This one comes from a band out of Brooklyn, I believe, uh, that I've followed for a long time. I used to play them when I was an alternative music disc jockey uh, back on KUSF in San Francisco uh, back in the 80s. Men's called They Might Be Giants. And this cut is uh, Electric Car. There you go. They Might Be Giants. And Electric Car, one of my favorite electric car songs. There's actually... Believe it or not, there are a few out there and more coming. As uh, I found out in researching uh, electric cars, there was, the, you know, it's funny, there was one, there's a couple of songs about Teslas. <clears throat> and I just, um, excuse me, I sit on the fence about Teslas sometimes as far as uh, uh, playing songs about them because sometimes I get the feeling that Tesla is a little culty for me, you know. But. Uh, listen, they're, they're driving electric cars too, so you got to give them credit. Uh, anyway, that's Electric Car by They Might Be Giants. That's our Saturday morning cartoon brought to you 
uh, in hopes that you'll put a little music into your life and it'll make you feel kind toward your fellow person. And uh, after all, do, do people get in fights? Well, I guess they do get in fights when they're listening to music. But I was going to say, well, people don't really get in fights when they listen to music, but that wouldn't be true. Have you ever been a ball when a band is playing and a fight breaks out? Oh, you want to get out of there as quickly as possible. Or, you know, I guess if you're an idiot, you want to go join the fight. But I'm, I'm one of those guys that, <laughs> I'll see you later. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving now. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we uh, are in the waning days of the automobile show season, the uh, car show season. Well, I'm not talking about the new car shows because the, the great uh, – uh, Seattle Car Show is coming up, and the Portland Car Show will be coming up early next year. So those uh, tend to happen in the winter a bit more, and car shows are coming back again. Uh, I don't know at that big level that we've seen them before, but there are. You'll see a car show in the event center uh, sometime this year, and up in Everett next week, they're doing a, an electric car show, believe it or not. Puget uh, uh, Sound Energy. Uh, oh, no, it's actually uh, Snohomish County PUD is putting on an event, um, I think, in front of their headquarters or quite near it. And um, you can go to Snohomish County PUD and just uh, search electric cars, and uh, you can find it there. Um, we are endeavoring to actually be there next week and trying to see if uh, we can spread the word about uh, electric cars. But... Uh, for all of you Tri-5 lovers and you uh, Cleveland versus Windsor people, and, uh, of course, uh, you know, the is the uh, Hemi Wedge the best engine ever invented and sports cars and all kinds of cars? The season for the tradition of walk-around car shows is waning. As it gets colder, starts to get rainier, people put their cars away. They start to think about what repairs they're going to do. Uh, this uh, winter, and you know, they just don't take them out as much in that uh, in the crazy weather. So, um, I just want to mention it because it does look like it's going to be a nice day today. Uh, a couple of car shows that are going on, and cars and coffees that are going on today. Seems to be a big one that starts at nine o'clock this morning. Um, up at the Skagit County Fairgrounds. Uh, it's the 8th Annual Fall Car Showdown, and that will be going um, starting, as I said, at 9 o'clock. There's uh, a ton of cars to turn out at this thing. I think I went to it one year. I happened to be here, back from Pennsylvania, and um, a friend of mine said, let's go up and take a look, and we went up and took a look, and it was a great show. Uh, I can only imagine it's getting bigger and better. Also, this morning at 10 o'clock, Bellingham Cars and Coffee. Um, it's their closer. It's their last one of the season. They say goodbye to summer, even though summer has left us. Uh, uh, they're saying goodbye to it up in Bellingham because uh, in Bellingham, they're always a few minutes behind everything. Uh, but uh, that's hosted by Honda of Bellingham, and I'm sure that you'll be able to find uh, their dealership there. Uh, we've got Felita Cars and Coffee. And, of course, uh, the season finale for that. And, of course, the most durable Cars and Coffee of all are Shoreline Cars and Coffee. I was down there last week after the show. We're going to do another live broadcast from there upcoming in uh, a few weeks. And uh, the guys down there and women down there that put that show on, uh, really do a spectacular job, and they do it all winter. I mean, they unless it's snowing, they will be out there. You might see two or three cars in the parking lot, but you'll see the folks from Shoreline Cars and Coffee, a very dedicated, cool bunch of people. And if you want to, uh, from 8 to 10 every Saturday morning, if you uh, want to go to a car show, don't want to travel too far, and you're, you know, in Seattle, uh, or it's environs, Shoreline is a good place to go and see some interesting uh, and and a wide variety 
of cars. You know, we tend to think about, we talk about these car shows, uh, about hot rods, right? But there are people that turn out with such incredibly beautiful cars of yesteryear. I was looking last week at a Morris Minor that was an unbelievably spectacular example of a late 50s Morris Minor. But the car that won the show for me, I mean, they don't give out prizes, but the car that won the show for me is there was a guy who had a 62 Chevy Bel Air with a 409 four-speed. And this car, and I'm telling you, with God as my witness, this car looked like it rolled off the showroom floor yesterday. I mean, it was one of you know, it was one of those cars <clears throat> that invoked something inside of you. If you were around in that era or you love that kind of car, but really I think if you were around in nineteen sixty two, in nineteen sixty two I was just really starting to get really interested. In cars, you know, my dad had a uh, gas station, a couple of gas stations at the time, and I used to go to my set and, and and just got really interested in cars and um, different kinds of cars and what you could uh, what you could do with them. You know, you I mean, in that world, when you're that old, you're playing in them mostly, playing driving. My favorite thing would be to get in one of the cars and drive. You know, not really just play behind the wheel. <clears throat> I was one of those kids that my father did what you couldn't do today. And that is uh, stick you, you know, in his lap and let you steer the car. Matter of fact, a state trooper saw you doing that today. Holy moly. <laughs> that would not be pretty. And I, you know, and, and I don't think you could fit a kid on your lap these days in most of the cars. You know, those were the days when you had space between that heavy metal dashboard and your crushing forehead. Um, so, good thing they fixed that. But, really good, uh, uh, really good shows going on. There's a page on Facebook called Northwest Car Events that if you want to go on there and see if something is going to be close to you, um, it's a good place to start. And as I say, it is, um, it, it's, the last few weeks of the season for most people uh, as, as fall rolled in, you know, people get ready to put their cars in the garages, uh, rip them apart and work on what they're going to work on. Uh, the hot rod shops get busy because people want to get their, uh, their cars fixed and everything. And it's, um, and you have to hold on. And, you know, the car show circuit, I think, and I'd have to ask my friend Lance Lambert, he'd know for sure he does all of these car shows, uh, but I think it's been a really big year uh, for shows, solely because there weren't many shows the last two years. You know, 2020 and 2021 was taken away from us by the pandemic, and even when it was okay to go outside, people still weren't, what didn't want people breathing on their cars and, you know, touching cars and everything. We were still very uh, conscious about infection. And once the vaccine came along, things lightened up a little bit to this, where we are this summer, where we're out living our lives again and, and going to car shows. And it's uh, it's good to see people out. It's good to... And you, you know what I, I like to... I'll, I'll be honest before we get to the uh, review here in a second. I like the fact that I've been to a number of car shows this year. Just walking through. Just looking around. And I've seen some people with masks. And some people without masks. And the people who are wearing masks, 
to my knowledge, uh, and again, you could probably address this uh, because you're in more places than I am, we're not being ridiculed. We're not, you know, people were making a choice to wear their mask, and they were wearing it. And I don't know that you had too many people. I'm, I'm sure there were some idiots that were doing it. But I, don't, I didn't see a lot of people ridiculing people because they were wearing a mask. So who knows? Maybe we're evolving a little bit. But it was really good to see uh, whether you wore a mask or didn't wear a mask. It was good to see people out and looking at cars again and, and really getting that... Uh, that thing that happens in a car show that's that's unique. People talking to each other about engines and revving and so on and so forth. And uh, again, I hope that people will, uh, you know, will continue to do that. Um, oh, by the way, there's also a car show in Port Orchard at uh, that one place restaurant from 6.30 to 8.30. It looks more like a cruise-in. And I told you about Bellingham Cars and Coffee. So that's really what's going on um, as far as the car scene. Get out this weekend and uh, walk around and see some, some great cars because, as I said, winter, she's a-coming. And uh, you'll see a lot less of the cars. The only thing you'll have to keep you posted is uh, drive time with yours truly, New York Vinny. All right, uh a quick break here, and then we'll come back and uh, give you our uh, Drive Time Road Test of the Week. It's Drive Time Radio right here on KKNW. Coming, the new 1956 Nash, Thursday, November 17th. It's the world's finest travel car. Built for the long run, designed for the most fun, Nash is the long-distance car. November 17th, see the greatest travel cars ever built. The beautiful new Nash Ambassador and Statesman. Brilliant new beauty, blazing new power, exclusive new travel features. They're years ahead of all other cars. The new 1956 Nash, Thursday, November 17th at your Nash dealers. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And welcome back to Drive Time. Time for the road test. This week, we get a chance to uh, tool around in a 2023 BMW i4 M50. This is the first in our series of three electric cars uh, that we are driving. And I am here to tell you that this is a car. I mean, uh, you know, BMW has baked in the performance on this one. It'll pin you back in your seat. Uh, 500 and change horsepower uh, as uh, as it goes. Uh, a smart-looking coupe design, but yet with four doors. Uh, the biggest controversy on this car, I think, is the grill. <clears throat> the BMW um, um, traditionalists don't like the large grill that's in front uh, of this car that... Um, Really, actually, doesn't look like it's much of a grill, to be honest with you. Um, it looks more like it's uh, a statement. It is a large grill for BMW people to get uh, to get used used to. Um, it's quicker than I think the M3 uh, competition. I've driven that one. And that's quick. Uh, this one, uh, the uh, electric version, 60 miles per hour in just 3.3 seconds. 
11.6 in the quarter mile. I mean, it is really, uh, it is an animal um, performance-wise. So it looks good. It performs spectacularly. Um, It is uh, an unbelievably comfortable car to drive. Uh, Maybe it's a little small for some people, but the um, Pirelli, uh, excuse me, the uh, interior of this car is well-appointed. It has uh, BMW's new iDrive 8, which is a revamp of their iDrive system, which everybody hated in the beginning, but now I think it's one of the best systems out there. Uh, These are great, spectacular uh, leather appointments in the interior, plenty of uh, ports to plug your phone in, uh, to do your business in this car. And the the only place that maybe it's lacking a little bit is if you're a, uh, oh, by the way, let me, before I go into the driving aspect, uh, the curved dashboard, that's one screen, that looks like it's about two feet wide. It, it goes past the middle of the car. Is fantastic. Anything you want to know about this car is on this dashboard, and it really it, it feels like you're at a command center more than you are in a car. But if you want information, this thing gives you information uh, galore. I guess the only. The only thing I, I, two things I didn't like about the car. Number one, I understand that it's an electric car. I understand all of that stuff, but there's still, there's something about a BMW when you drive it. There's that, that feeling of driving a BMW. I think it comes more from the old 1600s and the 2002s than it does the modern BMWs, but it's still there. It's, it's, you know, ingrained in there. And this car isn't quite there yet. It's getting there, but it isn't quite there yet. All right, that is going to do it. By the way, $77,000 if you want to go out and buy one. That'll wrap it up for drive time. We'll see you next week if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a good week.